Salt has a long and interesting history in our collective consciousness. Our ancient ancestors knew the purifying, preserving, and healing properties of salt long before any superstitions began to appear. Some of the mystical beliefs associated with salt can be found in the early texts of the Sumerians, Egyptians, and Greeks. One of these superstitions is still popular today and is practiced by almost all cultures worldwide. Let me ask you this. Have you ever tossed some salt over your shoulder after you accidentally spilled it? Do you know why you do this? Are you sure you tossed it over the correct shoulder? Was it the left or right? Does it matter? Why yes, it actually does. In this episode, I'm going to share what I've learned about an ingredient we take for granted in today's click and deliver lifestyle, salt. I will also share which shoulder is the best one to toss salt over to remedy bad luck, the origin of this belief, and more superstitions about salt you might not be aware of. I will also explore the large variety of healing salts on the market today. There's much to know about what variety is best to use in the kitchen, your medicine cabinet, skincare, and witchery blends. Have you ever heard of black witch's salt? Welcome to the dark side of light work. I'm Winthorne Lee. In life, I'm a certified and professionally practicing Reiki master teacher and channel to the ethers, specializing in all things that remedy the soul. I am also a supernatural nerd and do a lot of personal research on things that go bump in the night. My fascination with the unknown began when I was a kid due to having my own misunderstood psychic experiences. I'm not a professional historical sleuth, just a gal who likes to absorb cool information and share it with anyone who will listen. I believe my lifelong fascination with the strange and unusual has prepared me for the work I'm called to do now, taking me places other lightworkers will not go. These experiences have taught me a lot about how many fallacies we are told and actually believe about the supernatural and paranormal. Join me as I share with you what I have learned about the realms of superstition, mystics of the past, and places that might make you uneasy. I want to lift the veil a little bit and take the Hollywood out of the paranormal and metaphysics. And if you like what you hear, follow along by subscribing and please tell your friends. It is interesting how nature provides all the things we need to survive. Sodium is one mineral that our overall health needs to thrive, but in the same breath, too much sodium or the wrong variety and it can be detrimental. The ancient humans learned about salt from watching the animals they hunted, often following the herds into the salt flats of their region. Our ancestors watched the animals and then began to learn how salt can benefit the body with consumption. It was at that point where humans began harvesting salt for their own needs. Our ancestors began to experiment and stumble upon uses for salt as civilizations grew. They began to use salt in cooking, preservation, and the curing of meat staving off decay and pests. This practice evolved into using salt to purify and help the healing process of wounds and other skin care and hygiene issues. Without the understanding of science and natural laws, many of the resources I found in my research for this episode tend to agree that this led to superstitions and magical beliefs around the natural properties of sodium chloride. Ancient cultures were filled with beliefs like illness and injury, while those were the results of evil spirits and demons that coexisted with man. Some of these superstitions still run deeply in our collective consciousness today. 
So let us break down some of the lore from the past and understand where the origins of salt superstitions began. The most popular and widely believed superstition about salt involves the bad luck around the spilling of salt. And honestly, this is for good reason. Salt was not readily available to our ancestors. It was mined in distant locations and took time to travel across the globe. When you finally refilled your salt rations, it was unclear how long the supply had to last. It was considered incredibly poor etiquette if one were to spill salt at a dinner host's table, as this could bring bad luck not only to the guests that spilled the salt, but to the host and their whole household. A popular Norwegian belief says that the household will shed as many tears as needed to dissolve all salt grains spilled, foreshadowing sorrow and bad luck ahead. In Yorkshire, a similar superstition says that each grain of salt you spill is the same amount of tears you will shed in this lifetime. It is thought this belief system stems as a way to explain the natural saline within our tears. The folks of New England, well, they offer an unusual remedy to cancel out the misfortune caused by spilling salt. Uncross your bad luck and place the pile of spilled salt on the stove. This was done in the effort to dry up all tears before they are shed. The next level of the spilled salt superstition is a little more widespread and triggers our beliefs about good and evil. Remember how it is considered poor etiquette to spill salt? Well, this also comes from a deeply rooted belief that evil forces are behind the spilling of the salt. Since salt was a vital mineral for the health and had unpredictable availability, our ancestors believed that only the devil would do such a thing because who else would be so irresponsible to spill salt? The bad luck was generally associated with the person who spilled the salt but some believe that the bad omen is actually intended for the poor soul whose direction the salt spilled towards. Luckily enough, we all seem to know the remedy to uncross such bad fortune brought on by spilled salt, don't we? Toss some of that salt over your left shoulder with the intention of blinding the demon who is meddling behind you. But have you ever wondered, why do we use the left shoulder? Couldn't a demonic presence also hide behind your right shoulder? I mean, why does it even matter? Well, this comes from an exceptionally long-held and ancient belief that angelic spirits reside on the right side of our bodies, while demonic spirits, well, they reside on our left side. The old angel on the right shoulder and devil on the left idea. The act of tossing salt over the shoulder not only disarms, but can clear the evil that made you do it. In today's Magical Circles, you will hear witches, lightworkers, and crystal healers talk about the protective, clearing, and detoxifying properties of salt. In today's ritual and practice, mystics are trained to use salt to purify and protect their energy and their homes, and this is done using several different techniques and a variety of salt products. This leads me into the next superstition that I want to share with you. Have you ever heard when you get a new home? The first item you should bring into the home is salt. Salt is said to banish any non-contributing energies and continually clears itself as it transmutes this energetic debris to the heavens and earth. And this is vibrationally speaking, and it is done through the crystalline structure. That means that sodium has a very stable crystalline structure, 
which is cubic in shape. This cubic structure is designed to purify, so there's no need for the crystal to hold onto energy. Its job is only to absorb and calibrate the frequency to the highest possible state. That is what I mean by transmutation. It's the transformation of energy from one state or frequency to another. Placing bowls of salt in the corners of the home works by creating a pooling effect as the salt begins to attract and absorb any energy that is interfering with the highest good of all involved. The bowls work together and absorb non-contributing energy naturally this way and it brings balance to the home. You can extend salt out into the home and double up your protection. Leave a line of salt across all doorways and windows and why not gates and driveways too? This superstition is based on the belief that nothing with malicious intentions or hidden agendas can cross a barrier of salt, especially when prayer and intention is infused into the salt. I'm sure you've seen this in the movies and on TV, but this technique is no different than creating an energetic barrier by setting up a crystal grid. I mean, I would like to talk more about crystal grids in another episode. It really is such a big subject. But I can share that one of the more popular crystals to use in crystal grids, the ones that we build for our home or workspace, it's actually a salt-based crystal known as selenite. I will talk more about selenite later in this episode. And the one thing I wanted to mention before I explore the next superstition is salt shakers. The practice of deflecting evil in the home with bowls and lines of salt attributes to the idea that table salt or the salt that you're cooking with, well, it should always be kept in a designated shaker and never in a bowl. The salt shaker design contains the salt in small amounts, and it is usually in a tall, cylinder-style container. Bowls, well, they offer a vortex energy that is perfect to attract, absorb, and transmute energy. I think about bowls of salt as having like a whirlpool effect pulling in anything that get ca that gets caught into the flow. Cylinders, well, they're a little bit better at directing energy, unlike whirlpooling. Cylinders, well, they're more like wands. By keeping your salt in a shaker, it is a better shape and container to keep your salt energetically and physically fresh for ingestion. Even though it is said that salt is always clearing itself, you still don't really want to ingest any salt that is used for protection during rituals or any type of energetic clearing. This is just to be safe. And it's true that many rituals will call for you to dissolve the ritual salt in water, whether it's a natural water source or down the drain after a salt-infused scrub or bath. I've even seen some techniques that call for the salt to return to the earth in an unusual way and we bury it as a way to close down the session. On to the last superstition that I wanted to cover with you today, purification of the soul. Back in the days of public executions, some cultures would have their spiritual men, or even the executioner, rub salt on the forehead of the doomed prisoner. This was done in a great effort to cleanse and purify the soul so they may have better luck in the afterlife. By these times, salt was already being used widely for its preservation qualities, and since it prevented decay, it was considered a link to God. Salt was therefore considered incorruptible and immortal. 
By dusting the third eye, criminals and heretics alike had the chance to enter the afterlife purified. I do not believe this energy center was chosen by chance. If you study the chakra system, then you will learn about which parts of the endocrine system and organs the chakras govern and support. The third eye chakra is the center of our divine truth and vision. It connects to our pineal gland in the center of our brain, which handles the production of the hormone melatonin, which is a serotonin-derived hormone that regulates our sleep patterns and our circadian and seasonal cycles. I've even read that our pineal gland has rod and cone photoreceptors, just like our eyes do, and responds to light stimulus. A third eye chakra governs the eyes and the pineal gland. In the complementary healing arts, we often use crystals and color therapy to open the third eye. When we clear our vision of others' judgments and criticism, we can see our divine truth. When I discovered this unusual superstition from the Dark Ages, it made me think about how ancient and modern spiritual beliefs are not much different after all this time. Now let's look at some positive aspects of salt and its unusual connection to popular sayings and words used in many cultures around the globe. There are a lot of ways we use salt in daily language that you might not have thought much about before. That person is the salt of the earth. That always feels good, good to be able to say that about someone, doesn't it? We accept that this is a reliable person who makes all aspects of life just a little bit better. Lots of people will take a salary at their work. The etymology of this word, salary, well, it comes from Roman times. Salt was used as a currency at one time, used to buy and trade items. And it is well known that Roman soldiers were not only paid in coin, but at times, they also collected handfuls of salt a day. This was called their solarium. Sources agree to disagree that you know, they're not sure whether soldiers got paid fully in coin in an agreement to buy their daily needs, including salt, from the state, or that they were actually paid in rations of salt from their conquests in distant lands. I'm sure both are true, to a degree. They are not worth their salt. This saying originates from Roman times, and what and what that means is, uh, you know, this person in question is not going to give you balanced exchange of work to pay. Generally, this kind of person is accepted as being lazy or just not committed to a job well done. Now that we've explored all kinds of superstitions and history around salt, I want to share with you what I've learned about salt over the years and some salts that maybe you should consider including in your lifestyle. You can use these salts in a variety of ways. I wanted to share some of the daily lifestyle stuff, but I also want to share the magical side, the side that can lead to deep healing of the mind, body, and soul. I wanted to start with table salt. Though it is considered the most refined of all salts, sometimes you gotta use what you got. Table salt is highly processed, so much so that iodine has to be added back in after processing. Table salt is also combined with an anti-caking agent, and that's for that smooth pour out of the shaker. Of course, many people cook and bake with table salt. I just always suggest try to get the highest quality possible because why not? You should always be treating yourself. As far as protection, you can use plain old table salt in a pinch. I mean, 
Dean and Sam Winchester do all the time, am I right? I would just advise that you should have some extra programming and intentions infused into that, uh, all those process grains before you get started in your ritual. The next most popular salt that is becoming readily available is Himalayan pink salt. My research got really interesting when it came to this variety of salt. I have known for a long time that pink salt is a great natural choice to table salt, and I've been using it in my kitchen for years. What is so desirable about pink, pink salt is that this variety is packed with extra minerals that table salt just does not have, and up to 84 of them, mind you. Calcium, magnesium, potassium, and iron are the biggest contributors, with iron being the mineral that creates the varying shades of light pink to red in this salt variety. You can get culinary brands of pink salt that are coarse to fine grind, but please be mindful. Know that Himalayan pink salts usually contain less sodium on average compared to table salt and other edible sea salts. And I can absolutely attest that pink salt is not the best to use in your baking. Baking is all about chemistry, so I will always reach for a sea salt or a table salt to achieve the chemical reaction I am looking for, especially when I'm working in breads. From here, we can expand upon pink crystal products because there are all kinds, including whole caves that you can sit within. Check your local city for salt cave experiences. People are beginning to ship in salt bricks and barrels of coarse salt rocks to build indoor salt rooms that not only cleanse your energy, but benefit your health, and I will get into that in a second here. If you call your local Crystal Remedy guru, they can tell you where to locally source beautifully raw or carved salt lamps, cooking slabs, palm stones, and raw specimens of halite, which is actually just another name for pink or Himalayan salt. But where is all this pink salt coming from? I was super intrigued because I've been buying pink salt for years, but I never thought much about where it came from. I was excited to learn about one of the oldest and largest salt mines on earth called the Kira Salt Mine. This mine is located in the Punjab region of Pakistan and it is found in the Salt Range which is in the outer range of the Himalayan mountains. Kira Salt Mine is the source of the majority of pink salt on the market today. I learned so much about this salt mine in just 20 minutes of searching that I was really surprised I'd never heard about it before. I wonder how many crystal dealers know exactly where their specimens come from and not just with salt crystals. This mine has a long history and has a lot going on inside for visitors, tourists, and those with respiratory and skin issues. I left a five minute video in my show notes for you to check out. I found it from Instagram and it is a short tour of the Kira salt mine. I just really found it pleasant to watch and I thought I would share. Within the mine, you can find a mosque built for daily prayer, carvings and statues among other artistic expressions created in the salt. And when I mention those with respiratory and skin issues travel to the mines, well, it's because there's actually a medicinal section built for them. In recent years, there's been some exploration with the healing properties and the sterile and alkaline environment of the salt mines. Those who have severe asthma and other respiratory issues are welcome to try to stay in a specially designed area of the mines for up to 11 hours at a time. Many people have shared that they experience a relief in symptoms, so much so they return for treatments time and again. 
Of course, when you first research this, there are several articles that mention the lack of scientific evidence in regards to the improvement of these people's symptoms, or they're worried about how long the relief lasts once these folks return to an allergen-filled environment. I think in time we will see evidence, but that comes with patience and many case studies, which is already being documented by a holistic medical team at the mine. As a crystal therapist myself, I know that pink salt is connected to the heart chakra. And remember, chakra energy governs all organs within the chakra area. In the heart chakra's case, this includes the lungs and the heart, as well as the upper back and shoulders. So if these salts can help improve the quality of the air we breathe, that would automatically support the healing to the lungs and heart. Those salt lamps that you see everywhere, well, they're marketed to the public as natural air purifiers and they do work to clean the air. But the salt crystal itself also offers the vibrational energy of purification of the heart so that we may connect deeper into the heavens and earth with ease. This assists in healing matters of the heart on an emotional, mental, and spiritual level. That, in combination with, thorough, with a thorough treatment plan, well, this can support healing in those organs and our shoulders and upper back. You know, those kinks that keep showing up even after massage, Cairo, and all the body modalities? There's just so much to learn about crystal therapy, and there's way more that meets the analytical eye when it comes to using crystal therapy in your holistic treatment plan. So let us talk more about how you can use pink salt in your self-care and witchery. Pink halite lamps and palm stones are wonderful for setting up the energy of the room and your energetic field so that you may connect deeper into your meditation or channeling practice. This crystal helps to keep you grounded and it protects your energy while you meditate or conduct channeling work. Another way to use pink salt without requiring a lamp or a palm stone is to add some of the fine, grind pink, fine ground pink salt to your diffuser water and mix it until it dissolves. Running your diffuser with salt water will not only contribute to purifying the air, but it can also transmute any bad juju and calibrate the room to its most beneficial frequency. This is true for our aura and chakras as well. Consider adding some pink salt to any aroma spray that you create to add a protective and cleansing element. But really, it's not just pink salts. You can use any salts that I talk about in this episode to achieve the same desire but it just adds a little bit of their vibrational flavor. Dead Sea Salt, Celtic Salt, and Andean Salt are remarkably similar to Himalayan Pink Salt. All boast an abundance of trace minerals and can be used interchangeably. Celtic Salt is considered one of the highest qualities of culinary salt, behind fleur-de-lis salt derived from the shores of France. Both are high in sodium and are a better choice than table salt to enhance flavor and health benefits in your daily meals. Dead Sea Salt and Andine, well, they're seen more, more often in skin and body care products. They are added to salt blends for soaks in the tub and purifying scrubs and cleansers for the face and body. The sodium softens the skin as it pulls out impurities. And when you soak your feet or your whole body in a salt bath, the salt will penetrate deeply into the body and begin to have a detoxifying effect. You see, the thing we know about saline solution is that it wants to create balance in the body 
As the saline soaks into the skin, it begins to distribute throughout the body and on a nanoscale. Through the process of osmosis, our cells readily accept the saline solution and this action will push out any toxins from our cells to then be removed from the body. This is why we say things like, seawater heals all wounds. Salt really does amplify the healing effect on the body naturally. Salt baths that are very warm and last for about 20 to 25 minutes are perfect to create this detoxifying environment. And in the right conditions, salt baths can boost your detoxifying and cleansing efforts. In aromatherapy, we advise salt baths for many concerns, including reducing stress, muscle aches and pains, cold and flu relief, and other minor skin irritations like dermatitis and eczema. You can also treat the hair and scalp with an oil and salt blend. You know, maybe you should make sure to call your trusted aromatherapist and ask them all about it. So that pretty much covers the pink salts, the sea salts, and the table salt. Let us move on to something a little more mysterious. Black witch's salt. I learned about this variety while in my aromatherapy studies. In my studies, it was called black Hawaiian salt. So when I began to research it more for this episode, I was delighted to see witches have been aware of this salt for some time now. Legit black Hawaiian salt is sourced right from the Hawaiian Islands. It is a mix of the sea salt and alaia clay. This is a clay that is native to the Hawaiian volcanic islands, and it is rich in iron. Black Hawaiian salt is also called volcanic salt, and it is revered for its detoxifying effects on the body, especially for the liver, kidney, and the skin. Use a black Hawaiian salt in your next foot bath to heal cracked or swollen feet. It helps to treat warts, and in some cases, can help relieve athlete's foot. Add it in your bath water and you can kind of ex expect the same results. Pure and authentic black Hawaiian salts, they can be edible, but I would advise speaking to your holistic dietitian or health expert before adding it into your diet long term. They'll know more of the benefits and how long you need to be on it and when you, need sh when you should come off of it. If you have trouble sourcing authentic black Hawaiian salt, well, you can make your own black witch's salt at home easy enough. It might not be edible depending on the quality of ingredients you can source, but you will be able to use it in rituals that require this powerful blend. You can use white sea salt, any of your choice, and blend it with charcoal, or even the ashes from an earlier ritual burn. Add equal parts and save in a jar to use later. For those who do the dark side of light work, you know, we, we like to use black witch's salt because of its magical properties. The magical properties attached are all about deflection of malevolent energy, and it boosts our protective layers. It's perfect for those who like to play in house and land curing. I like to carry a little satchel with me at times, and I use as guided, and I work with my spirit guides when it comes to that. So what do we know about salt scientifically? Sodium chloride is an ionic compound with the chemical formula of NaCl, and that represents a one-to-one -one ratio of sodium and chloride ions. Sodium chloride is the salt most responsible for the salinity of seawater and of the extracellular fluid of many multicellular organisms like humans. Sodium itself is an important electrolyte. 
Its job is to regulate the amount of water in the body. Proper sodium levels in the body prevent dehydration and hyperhydration. It also plays a role in our nervous system and muscles. Did you know that the proper amount of sodium in the body regulates our nervous impulse and muscle contractions? The lack of sodium in the body can create sensations like restless legs, cramping, and twitching at the onset of lack of sodium. This is why Epsom salt baths are often recommended to those with sore muscles, swollen legs, and feet. Epsom salt is magnesium sulfite, and magnesium is known to relax the muscle system, offering relief on many levels. As the Epsom salt-infused water begins to penetrate into the skin, the body takes on the beneficial minerals from the Epsom salt, resulting in balancing the body's deficiency, but only for short term. In the medical and holistic community, salt is known to help with wound care and other home remedies. Since salt is alkaline, it can help relieve things like canker sores and tonsil inflammations when we wash our mouths out and gargle with seawater. When you use salt in a poultice or pack, it helps to draw toxins from the wound. You remember that osmosis thing we were talking about? Same thing goes when using a salt cleanser once or twice a week as a natural shampoo or to help clear up and heal acne. It is always best to consult someone with a really good foundation in aroma skin care, you know, before you start trying this stuff at home. However, I will source some links for you to some natural DIY body care sites that I like and trust. Look at my show notes for more information there. You will also find information on how to use salt in your DIY cleaning products from these links. With the natural alkaline and purifying properties, baking soda, which is also a salt, it's sodium bicarbonate, you'll also see it appearing in things like dishwashing soaps and other DIY detergents. The more you know about how salt helps to enhance your personal nutrition, skin, body, and home care needs, the more successful you will be in achieving holistic balance. So what do you think? Do you prescribe to any of the superstitions that I covered about salt? How do you use salt in your self-care and light work? I feel like I could go on and on and on, but I think this episode might need a part two. In my daily life, I use healing salts a lot. I have my favorite formulas that I make for my DIY home skin and body care, but I also buy some high quality brands that are on the market that I cannot be without. I even use salt crystals like selenite and halite in my healing room. Those out there that practice any kind of psychic or energetic healing arts, they're gonna tell you, selenite is a must have crystal for your daily energetic hygiene routine. This is a salt-based crystal. It can be used to clear the aura and the chakra system, your room. Selenite is used uh, as palm stones, lamps, and in the crystal grids that I touched upon very lightly. So maybe that's what part two will be focused on. Salt wands and lamps and light work. As I close down this episode, I want to let you know, I try to be conscious about my purchasing power. After doing the deep dive into salt for this episode, I feel like I've gained a whole new perspective about what salt offers me in my health and my healing. I'll be much more mindful about my purchases in the future and how I connect with salt in my self-care and my healing routine. 
Thank you so much for popping by and spending time with me today. I really appreciate you being here. I'm excited for the growth and change in store for season two, and I would love to hear your feedback. The Dark Side of Light work is where I explore topics of the strange and unusual that I have longed research. My intention is to bring light to the darker subjects others shy away from in spirituality, energy work, and the paranormal. Show topics will include mysterious places, infamous hauntings, superstitions like those with salt, and psychics from recent history and antiquity. I invite you to leave a message at my Anchor FM page and let me know how you like it. You can even share your personal experiences with the show topics I offer or even share a show topic idea. I listen to each message and may include your idea or recording in a future episode. You can also find me on the internet and social media by searching for Winds Soul Remedies. In my next episode, I'm going to talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren, real-life ghost hunters and demonologists, and a couple of my personal heroes. I will share some facts and fictions about some of their most popular cases. Thank you once again for listening until the end. I look forward to dropping that next episode, so until then... Take good care.